In today's show, we recap Tuesday's eight games in the NBA, big performances, injury news, everything that we need to know. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble, on TikTok at redrock underscore beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're here to look at the action from Tuesday. There are eight games on, talk about what we need to talk about. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, for tomorrow, the Thunder. The Bronco, Jalen Williams, a and Shea Gildas-Alexander are going to be out tomorrow. We know that in advance. So we will talk about the Thunder later on, but Aaron Wiggins, Isaiah Joe, uh, Lou Dort, if he's available, they become really strong streams for tomorrow. But just advance warning, Shea is out tomorrow, and Jalen Williams is out tomorrow as well. A report on Carl Anthony Towns, which doesn't tell us anything, but... I guess sort of does tell us something. They said he's in his final stages of returning, but still no timeline. So he's not obviously ready to come back. He won't come back this week. He probably won't come back the week after. I'd say we're at least two weeks away um, here from him returning, which is frustrating to know, like, what what do we do with Carl Anthony Towns in fantasy leagues? But this is like a, he's a zero at the moment. Obviously, IR slots we hold if we can. But when he comes back, he's going to be limited. Are we going to get 30 minutes of Towns before April? I highly, highly doubt that. And there's still some thoughts that maybe he doesn't come back in the regular season at all. It's annoying to get an update that's not an update, but it was still something of an update. It's just frustrating to get that. Oh, he's in the final stages, but we don't know when he's going to be back. And he should have dropped him weeks ago, months ago even. Um, but if you still got him now, this puts a little bit of doubt there. And still, We don't know when he's coming back. When Zion's coming back, probably the two biggest ones, LeBron, but I think all of them are going to be pretty useless for fantasy playoffs. And then some news we thought oh, it could be a good stream option for MC Hamadou Diallo. Three games in four nights. Bogdanovich out. Hayes out. Everyone out. And then he goes and suffers an ankle sprain and he's out for the season. Grade two ankle sprain for Hamadou Diallo. If you're Anthony Simons, you can come back in two weeks and, of course, re-injure it, but that's a six to eight week injury, so Diallo's season is over. We'll talk about what the Pistons look like today. Not that it matters, because their rotation's probably going to look a whole lot different next game, but we'll talk about what happened with them today without Diallo when we get to their game recap, but that's where we sit with some news. Let's look at some waiver wire moves. The most added player was Jalen Suggsy Suggs with Gary Harris out. What we heard from Jamal Mosley regarding Gary Harris and Wendell Carter, hey, is this anything long-term? And he said no to both of those. So, there's no reason that Suggs is going to benefit necessarily from Harris long-term. Same with Mo Wagner or Gogo Badadze, who benefited from Wendell being up. But Suggs was a major add, and he wasn't the one to add. It was uh, it was Cole Anthony who would have been the one to add there in the absence of uh, of old mate, what's his name? Um, Gary Harris. That would have been the one to add, but hey, you know, we can't always get him right, can we? That's how, that's, that's how that stuff works out. It made sense given the last game that we saw from Suggsy, but it just didn't work out today. The other ads here on this list, Timmy Hardaway up 14%. Yeah, 
He was playing. He got the added bonus of starting the second half with Reggie Bullock getting hurt. Made sense, but he's always going to be hit or miss. Cameron Reddish up 14%. Well, we know that Simons is out again tomorrow. So Reddish... Oh, the other thing I should have probably covered is the news, but Yusuf Nurkic is questionable to return tomorrow. Okay. We talked about it in the What to Watch For show earlier today, but Nurkic is questionable to return. Simons is out. So Reddish is going to get a good opportunity. Um, is he going to handle that backup point guard role as well? Exactly the same Simons. I'll start at shooting guard, get backup point guard. We'll see. He's putting up some good numbers at the moment. I like that as an ad. I like Chris Dunn as an ad up 13% with Colin Sexton out at least another week. Austin and Jordan Clarkson out today. Austin Reeves up 12%. Makes sense with no uh, D'Angelo Russell still again today. Tyus Jones up 8%. That He should be at 100. He needs to be rostered everywhere. Dennis Schroeder up 8. We'll see what happens with Schroeder once D'Angelo returns, which I think is Friday, the next Lakers game. But for now, Schroeder has that value. And then Grayson Allen. I guess people were streaming Grayson Allen in because there was no Giannis or no Drew. And he was basically the worst player that was a regular rotation player for the Bucks today in their game. Just couldn't get anything going. He is usually an okay stream guy when you're looking for some threes, but uh, not a particularly good game from um, Grayson Allen today. The most dropped players, number one was Diallo. Makes quite a bit of sense to drop him there. Josh Okogie. Down 9%. It's always going to be hard for him to maintain value with Kevin Durant and Booker and Paul and Aiton. Um, he's probably more of a 14-team league guy. Trey Jones and Jeremy Sohan down 8% each. The Spurs still not playing for a couple of days. Makes sense to drop them. Add them as the Laker. Like As the week goes on, you can add them when the Spurs play Friday. Cam Thomas down 7%. I'll admit I was wrong on Cam Thomas. I thought that he'd play more than seven minutes in these games. I thought they'd give him a couple more minutes to get his scoring going. I was wrong. Sorry. He played zero minutes, DMPCD. And you want to know why? He's bad at defense. He's bad at offense. He's good at one-on-one ball. That's really good. But I don't think... Jacques Vaughn is asking him to do other things. He is not doing them. That is why he got DMP'd. Will he be a continual DMP rest of the season? I don't know that that's necessarily the case. We hope that he's able to do some different stuff or to change his game or get back in the coach's graces. But there is a reason that he's able to do this for like two or three games in a row and then falls out of favor. It's happened a few times throughout his career because of his inability to play team NBA basketball. And that's always been one of my criticisms of Cam Thomas. That's, you can score. Cool. What else? What else are you going to do? So, obviously. Get that garbage out of here! Josh Richardson dropped in 5% of leagues. He's going to return tomorrow. I don't know whether he's going to start or not or if it's going to be Trey Murphy. He's fine to have, but I might be looking at some fewer minutes there. Kevin Love down five, not a 12-team ad, or not a 12-team hold. And Benedict Matherin, not a 12-team league guy either. He's proven time and time again that he's not a good category league player, and you can hit a good night from him, or you can hit a bad one. And it's just hard to know when that's going to be. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. New partner and sponsor of today's show is Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's a game, mobile game, where you can get to live out your fantasies of being an NBA GM. We all here play fantasy basketball. We love wheeling and dealing and drafting players and trading players. It's what we do. And now you can do it on this mobile game. You hire the right coaches and assistants, trade and train players, make draft picks, navigate your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world as Obi leaves. He's going to get his phone to get Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's completely free and playable offline. Play play on the go as you want and when you want to. We've got a league with all the locked on hosts. We're in there trying to build our team up so you can, who are going to have the best results 
over the time. I think our challenge ends at the end of March. That'd be something you could do with your mates as well. Start a little league and see who can get their team going the furthest. Locked on Fantasy Basketball listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code that's on the screen here on YouTube, the QR code. We'll look it up on the app stores. That pro uh, that is probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Let's go into the games. First one. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Orlando Magic. All right. The Bucks win, as they do. 134-123, the final score, Milwaukee. Um, there was no Drew, no Giannis in this one. So we got Chris Middleton back in the starting lineup and he played 31 minutes. That is some of the best news you will hear. I would be highly, highly doubtful if they say, all right, Giannis and Drew are coming back, move back to the bench, Chris. I think this is it. I think he starts and the 31 minutes is massively encouraging. It doesn't hurt that he had 24, 4 and 11 as well and got to the line 14 times. Is he back, ready to go? It looks like it. Is he still going to sit back-to-backs? I believe so, but this is huge. I was worried that he wouldn't hit 30 minutes in the in the near term, but he hit it today and he started all systems go. Well, most systems go. Brook Lopez, 26-6 and six with three blocks, and it was a good game from Punch Bob. 31 minutes for Bobby Portis, 16-11. and 11. But that's a game without Giannis. I do not think that this game should signify to you that Bobby Portis needs to be rostered. If Giannis is out, sure. If Giannis is in, I don't think so. Javon Carter, also really good. He shot... 69%. Giggity. 24-2-5 with four threes in 35 minutes replacing Drew. He's had some wild moments this season. Huge games, invisible games, but when given the opportunity, he's succeeded a lot of the time. He's at least a stream guy for us. While Jingle and Joe had 12-3-6 in his 27 minutes, and Paddy Connaughton with Middleton going back to the starting lineup. Connaughton just played 6-5 and five in 21 minutes. He hasn't obviously been all that successful this season. For the Magic, there was no Wendell or Gary Harris, as I mentioned. Mo Wagner started and played 21 minutes. Um, yeah, big game from all... It is a big game, but it's only low minutes. 18 and 8, two threes and two steals. Wasn't really a foul trouble thing. They just gave some minutes to our favorite Georgian, Gogo Badadze. Problem with my Gogo Mobile. Gogo Mobile. No, not the dark. Not the dark. 12 and 8. I bet you forgot Gogo played for this team. I did, honestly. But if Wendell misses time down the stretch, Badadze could be an interesting day-to-day stream guy. Cole Anthony, 33 minutes, 23-5-3 with two steals. I brought him up on the streaming show, I think it was today, saying, hey, there might be a little bit of a chance here for Cole to go on a run. Worked out today. We'll see how it goes from here on out. Um, Franz Wagner had 21-3-6, and and Paolo just shit the bed again. And it doesn't look like it when you see 20-4 and with three assists. It's just RJ Barrett-esque. No steals, no blocks, 39 from the field, and four of eight from the line. This is why he kills you in category leagues. In points leagues, awesome. He is killing teams in category leagues, and he is getting... Now, I'm not going to preclude improvements from him next season, but he's getting to the stage where you go, you know what? I don't even think he's worth it in a category league. It's got to be a very tailored situation where you're punting both categories, or both percentage categories, and you've got enough defensive stats coming from other areas because he routinely hurts you on the volume in both areas. It was a slight worry heading into the season from him out of college, but Paolo's been way worse over the last two, three months. And he is now outside the top 135 for the season on a per-game basis. Points leagues, 59th. Great. We love that. Big difference. It's because of the shithouse percentages. Suggs started for Gaz Harris, had three points. Took four shots. Dreadful. He did have two assists, which is still bad, with one steal. He is only a stream guy. Definitely not a must roster. And even if he started... 
permanently. I don't think he'd be a must-roster 12-team league guy. He's just too many deficiencies. He needs a lot to happen. And the way he was able to get that value early is when Cole was out and Fultz was out and I think Paolo was out and he was getting a lot of usage with a lot of defensive stats. And that's not really going to be the case here, I don't think. Second game, Wizards 119 over the Pistons 117. Dan Gafford with a game winner. He only played 25 minutes, Dan. Eight and seven with a steal and a block on 80% shooting. That's still actually enough for him to be a 12-team league guy. Anything less than 24 makes it tough. They've got a good upcoming schedule, so just hold for now. Bielo, he had the uh, the buy-low bump. 38 minutes, 32, 7 and 7, a triple one, 67% shooting. We love a, uh, we love a um, buy-low bump. We hate the other one. I don't even know what I call it. A sell-high sink. I don't know. Some shit. It happened to someone. We'll talk about it later on. Uh, but Beal got the nice bump. Kuzma had 23, 3 and 2 with two steals and finally shot above 40%, while Porzingis had 24 and 7. So just big games from those guys. Dillon Wright started with Monte Morris out and scored three points. And you might think that's bad, which it is. But he had six assists, five steals, and a block. And you love that. And he's a must roster player. I don't know what happens when Monte Morris returns. I think Monte will probably start. But Dillon will still get 25-plus, which makes him good enough to use. And I tell you what, I shit on Corey Kispert as a draft pick a lot because it was a bad draft pick. I shit on him as a viable NBA player because I think he's no more than a bench gunner. But he is playing better. 32 minutes, 16 points with four threes. Now, he offers his shooting has been elite this season. He offers absolutely nothing else. Think like Joe Harris. But they're giving a lot of minutes, and he's hitting a lot of threes. So when you're looking for threes, Kispert is... In that mix. Now, when Morris returns, I don't know what the, where they're playing, but he's playing, he's shooting well, and we can use that. Denny Avdia isn't... 7-5 and five in 21 minutes. Lucky they traded Ruiz. They could give more minutes to, uh, to Avdia. He's not a 12-team league guy, unfortunately. Sorry to say. He is a schedule guy, but that's about it. For the Pistons, they were without Bogdanovich, Hayes, Duran, Stewart, Diallo, Burks. So how the hell do I make any sense of this? Diallo is going to be out for the rest of the season, yes, but... We got Marvin Bagley III playing 29 minutes, having 15, 5, and 4. Pretty good game. How does he get 30 minutes when Duran and Stewart play? If Duran and Stewart play? When Duran and Stewart play? He can't. Blunty, James Wiseman, Marvin Bagley IV. Twenty-one and five, a steal and two blocks. Really good numbers. How does he play 34 minutes when those other guys are healthy? He can't. He won't. But I don't know when that's going to be. So we hold these guys and we stream for now. And what is the most encouraging here is Jaden Ivey. 26, 5, and 12. They finally bumped him an extra minute to 32 minutes, but big volume, not killer efficiency. We didn't kill you in efficiency. And big double-digit assists for the second straight game. We love to see that. He's shown flashes of that when Hayes was being either out of the starting lineup or out in general. We've seen that increase in assists, but good to see him doing it. Now, I don't know what that translates to the next season because he's not going to handle the ball that much, but encouraging nonetheless. With no Hayes, another 31 minutes for Corey Joseph, 11-3-6. If Killian's out, he's amazingly, he's actually a viable stream. And we had big fella Eugene Omaruya, who had a few good games for the Thunder. Now he is in Detroit, 15-6. and six. He's basically Hamadou Diallo, a like 6-8, 6-9 forward masker who really can only play center. And he did it. I think we just need to watch that for deeper leagues. RJ Hampton, no surprise that he couldn't repeat yesterday's game. Only 18 minutes with Hayes out, 11 points, two threes, no steals after getting five yesterday. It's why I wasn't that interested in streaming him in because, again, when they're only playing him limited minutes with a bunch of guys out, it doesn't really look good moving forward. I don't know what to make of Bogdanovich. How much is he going to play? I wouldn't be shocked if he didn't play again this season. They did the same shit with Jeremy Grant last season, and they didn't really tell us for about like two weeks after it started happening. 
I'm not saying to drop Bogdanovich, but if you're in the fantasy playoffs, you've got to start to make that decision because it's getting to the stage where you go, Ugh, is he actually going to play? Durant, no idea. Probably worth a drop as well. Stewart, definitely a drop. Hayes, probably a drop as well. You can't have these situations where we're looking at these guys and saying, well, hold, we'll see what happens. Bogdanovich is clearly the best there, but I have the least faith in him playing, and I just don't know when that's going to happen. Livers had nine points in his 37 minutes as well. Today's episode is also brought to you, if I can get the screen up, it is also brought to you by Fangel. With the NBA season midway point well and truly gone, and we're gearing up for the playoffs, it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the money line to points scored, game totals, and even three-pointers drained. If we have a look at some games lined up for tomorrow... The Mavs on a back-to-back take on the Pelicans, and they're two-point favorites on the road. We know the Pelicans are struggling, but Dallas, two-point favorites on the road? Huh. That'll be one to watch. And the Cavs are one-point favorites on the road against the Heat as well. Vangel also lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fangel.com slash locked on. That's fangel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fangel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The next one. It is the Philadelphia 76 as they comfortably handled the Minnesota Timberwolves. The score was 117-94. There was no Jim Harden, but Tobias Harris and PJ Tucker returned. Tucker returned to score zero points in 22 minutes, so that was sick. That moved um, Jalen McDaniels to the bench, and he played 17 minutes. So for those of you that added Jalen McDaniels um, after that Tobias Harris absence... Get that garbage out of here! Harris was really low usage, 10 points, and that's what's going to happen with Maxi starting. But 14 rebounds, four steals, and a block. Helps him a lot. Tyrese Maxey, I saw a tweet. I've got to find the tweet. Um, uh, why? I should have saved it. Um, where is it? I need to, I'm need gonna, I'm going to pause recording this so I can go find the tweet and bring up something. All right. I found the tweet that I was going to reference or that I am going to reference right now. And it's from uh, Justin Grasso saying, Tyrese Maxey, since getting back into the Sixers starting lineup, 60%, 60% shooting, 56% three-point percentage, 3.2 assists and 26.6 points per game. And people will look at that and go, wow, look at that. We knew he was meant to start. We knew it had to happen. Thanks, Doc. You fired up. I look at that and go, oh, only three assists and he's doing it on 56% three-point shooting. It's going to crash. It's going to crash unbelievably hard. It is not going to stick. He is not shooting these numbers because he is starting. He has done the thing where he elevates into a position of more importance. He shoots the absolute lights out and people conflate the two and go, oh, see? See, I'm not saying that's what Justin's doing. This is what beat reporters do and fans of teams do all the time. But we look at it from a fantasy lens going, ooh, so he's doing all of this on shit that has got no chance of sticking and he's not supporting it with peripheral stats. That's going to get ugly. We don't know when, but it is going to get ugly. It is going to fall away and he has nothing left to back him up. It's a hot streak now, lovely hot streak, but it's not going to stick. And it's, again, I, I only say this not to say anything against Justin for tweeting this or anyone for doing that. It's more that when we assess things from a fantasy perspective to understand the way that team-based reports or even mass media, big market media, whatever it is, national media puts the tweets out, they always put that stuff out acting like, look, see, amazing. And we should look at it and go, oh, yeah, but nah. Like it's just not going to be able to stick. That's how we have to look at it. And that is where you can get buy low, sell highs in. I know. 
trade deadlines are done in most leagues. But that's what you've got to pay attention to. Anyway, Maxi had 27, 4, and 5 with four threes on 56% shooting. It's a lovely game. It's a fantastic game. But, yeah, but. Melton had 11 and 7 in 32 minutes. We hold for the schedule. We hold until Harden's back, but he's going to become a fringy player while Embiid had 39, 7, and 4, one steal, three blocks in only 28 minutes because it was a blowout for the Wolves. Goose played 34 minutes. Anthony Edwards. Thirty-two and seven with five threes. Not a lot else going on there, and they were blown out. So everyone else played limited minutes. Twenty-five for Gobert, twenty-six for McDaniel's, twenty-eight for Anderson, and twenty-four for Conley. So I don't really know what to read into that. It was a good game from Torian Prince, who had thirteen, three and two, two steals and a block, but still blowout related. Like all these extra minutes, the bad. There's nothing you can really take out of this game. I don't think stinker from Nikhil Alexander Walker showing that he is not a twelve-team league guy despite a solid run of performances. Just a deep league player. But we can't look at this and go, oh, yeah, Rudy played 25 and Jaden played 26. What does it mean moving forward? Because the answer is nothing. It just doesn't mean a single thing. It's shit that it happened, but it doesn't actually mean anything in the grand scheme of what happens rest of season. The Hornets, they bring the Knicks to their knees. 112-105. Gordy Haywood, 23-9-8 on 36 minutes. Great. Ubre, 36 minutes. 27-5-2 with three threes. Just amazing games. And... Ubre was efficient. Can you believe it? And we talked about Terry Rogier, how he'd struggled to get anything going without LaMelo Ball. Well, here we go. The buy low bump. 25, 5, and 7. 46% shooting on 22 attempts. We love that game from all three of those guys. It wasn't a really good game from Mark Williams. Well, hi, Mark. But he played 28 minutes despite struggling. Six, well, not six, seven, and three with a steal and a block. That's definitely not anything good. But he still played those minutes over Nick Richards, who had seven and five in his 19 minutes. PJ had 13 and 7. He had two blocks. He had two threes. He's still solid. He's not a top 100 player this season, 112th, and he's been very, very up and down. But that's a pretty strong game. And we're going to talk a little bit about Dennis Smith. He played only 24 minutes and had three points on 17%. And we know you don't have Smith on your team for shooting or for field or for scoring. But when he is that bad, it is worrying. Now, he didn't have any defensive stats, which hurts. Five rebounds and six assists is nice. He still can be a 12-team league guy, but instead of playing 28 a night, he's at 26 or 24, and that limits him a little bit. You've got to be willing to take on a field goal percentage hit to have him and understand you're not getting scoring. The other stuff can be really useful, but the fact that he's only playing like mid-20s instead of low 30s does hurt overall. They're giving 19 minutes here to, to Bryce McGowan's, and that is cutting into what Dennis Smith is doing. No Jalen Brunson again. So Emmanuel quickly got the start and played 35 minutes. But the opposite of the buy low bump, we talked about how, hey, this shit's, there's no way. It can't stick. It's not going to stick. 14 points on 31% shooting. No defensive stats. He had five assists, but this stuff wasn't going to be able to maintain. The 35 minutes is still nice, but what his role is when Brunson plays is something to watch. More minutes for Grimes with 12, 4, and 2 in 29 minutes. That's a Brunson factor, as it is for Rowan Barrett, who had a really good 27, 6, and 4. Unfortunately, Paulo Boncaro-esque, he had no defensive, no defensive stats, 42% from the field, and 6 of 8 from the, from the line. And we know the issue with him is that he's not going to play 35 minutes a night when they're healthy, most likely, and there's going to be the deficiencies always there. Joshy Hart had 10 and 8 in 33 minutes. Continues to play well for the Knicks, but for fantasy, he's not really blowing us away, is he? Like in a points league, at a category league, like he's just sort of there. I'm not telling it to drop him, but he's not really pushing up anywhere. And we also talked about two Knicks being on the sell highs, and they both stunk. 
Julius Randle, 16 and 8. Is that stinking? Yes, it is. Because he shot 29% from the field and 67 from the line. He went 2 of 9 from 3, and he was shooting his threes at an insane rate. This is the stuff that is always going to happen. Always going to happen. Bad games from those two. Absolutely right on cue. I could not have timed that any better. Let's go to the next one. The Brooklyn Nets blow out the Rockets 118-96. The final score to Brooklyn. Mikhail Bridges again with 30 points. No rebounds is weird, but five assists, a steal, two blocks, 20 attempts, 45% shooting. Continues to be unbelievably good. I think if we see a whole season of this from Bridges, he will suffer some efficiency issues, but he's been awesome. Claxton, 29 minutes, 18, 13, four blocks. This is against the Rockets, but he was great. And Dinwiddie had 23 points. Also, 33 minutes for Royce O'Neal. Very intriguing. 11 and 11 with two threes. He took the Cam Thomas minutes. As I said earlier, Thomas played zero minutes here. While Cam Johnson only played 24 minutes. He just couldn't get it to fall. Eight points on 22%. He did have two steals and two threes still. Don't panic too much there. But interestingly, Nerlens Noel straight into the rotation. 18 minutes, two points. Now, we're not adding Noel in 10 or 12 or 14 team leagues. He's on a 10-day contract. Maybe there's some 16-team league value. But the 18 minutes is interesting. We also had Joe Harris with 23 minutes and Seth Curry with 22. And both guys played well. 12 points, 4 threes for Harris. 12, 3, and 2 for Curry. We're not adding them outside of like 18-teamers or maybe 16-teamers. But they played well enough. Their minutes have gone up. And they're the guys, uh, along with the introduction of Noel, that hurt Cam Thomas and Yuta Watanabe and Dayron Sharp, who are all out of the rotation. Now for the Rockets, the delicate dancer, Alperen Sengun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. 16 and 12, two assists. Nothing spectacular, and the assists have slowed up since Porter's return, but not pretty good game. Jabari Smith, I thought one of his best. Played a little bit at center as well, which is interesting. 15 and 8 with three threes. No defensive stats, no assists, and only 46% shooting. So still not a great fantasy line, but definitely one of his better ones of recent times. I don't think he's a must-roster guy. While Porter had 8, 8, and 7, and Jalen Green starts off with a great line. 25 points, lovely. Two rebounds are shocking. What do you go? 6 of 11 from the line, that hurts a lot. And then 43 on 21 attempts, field, uh, field goal percentage. They're bad. He still is a must-roster player, I think, especially for points leagues, 100% for points leagues. But there are so many deficiencies in his game that they just keep cropping up. Not a good game from KJ Martin, 8-4. and four, I would still hold. While the Wild Thing played only 22 minutes, Jay Sean Tate, 11-5 and five for him. Two good games in a row for Tate. Even the Wild Thing's gone well. I can't do much about that. But it's still just a deeper league guy. What about Tari Tank season? 28 minutes, not his best game, 8 points. But 8-4, and four, 3 steals. Great fantasy game. Top 100 player over the last week. Top 75 player over the last week. Absolutely a must-roster player. View him as top 100 moving forward. I think that's how you need to view him, as, as I said, as we move forward. The Thunder and the Warriors. When I was doing the FanDuel ads yesterday and the day before, I said, hey, let's just, just watch this. The Thunder are like four-point underdogs at home against a Warriors team that sucks on the road. Well, they won. 137 Oklahoma City, 128 Golden State. Steph had 40. Great. 10 threes, 7 assists. We love that. 61%. Unbelievable game. Clay Thompson, 23, 4, and 2. Didn't get the sell high sink necessarily, but he was shooting an insane number on threes, and that went down to 39%, which hurts. And then they made a change. They started John Kaminga over Kavon Looney, and Kaminga was great. 21 points, 73% shooting, 2 steals. If Wiggins is out and they start Kaminga, even though the field goal percentage isn't locked in, he's going to be variable there. He's worth a look. I don't trust Steve Kerr in the minutes for Kaminga. Played 13 last game. But this was interesting to see him go back, straight back into the starting group. 
and be really efficient. DiVincenzo had only seven points and he shot horribly, but six rebounds, seven assists, three steals, remains a 12-teamer, and Draymond had 11 points with 11 assists. But Jordan Poole stunk again. 11 points in 32 minutes, 33%. That's like, it's bad. That line in itself is nowhere near a 12-team league player. He, he is one. Like, you still hold him. But it's getting to the stage that with a lineup like this, him coming off the bench, that like if you're in a 10-team league, you've got to make a call on him. I, I don't think that in a 10-teamer, he, if this is how things stick, he can lock in as that sort of a player. I'm, I'm not sure that that can happen. Looney, by the way, 11 minutes. Four points and five rebounds. Um, I don't really believe in him as a must-roster 12-team league guy. And if they're going to play him off the bench, I rebound specialist, sure. But I don't think he's a 12-team must. For the Thunder, there was no Jalen Williams. Shea played 36 minutes as they continue to lop his minutes off by zero minutes per game. 33, 3, and 6, two steals and two threes on 58%, just in case you didn't catch the start of the show. Shea is going to sit tomorrow with his abdominal issue. But Joshy Giddy, what are this? 17, 11, and 17. Wow, a palindromic triple-double. Not quite palindromic, but you know. Close enough. 55% shooting. While Lou Dort had 18 and 8. Of course, he shot horribly, as he always does. Two steals and 36%. But he's going to get some really big usage with no Jalen Williams and no Shea tomorrow. The starter who started in place of the Bronco was Aaron Wiggins. 13 and 4 with a triple one. That's absolutely good enough to stream tomorrow. Will they go to him big minutes in back-to-back games? That's where I'm not sure. They could go with Usman Jeng, who played 19 minutes. And I thought was good as well. 11 points, two threes, and two steals. I would stream Wiggins in 12 and Jeng in probably 14 team leagues. Isaiah Joe is also a 12-team option. Now, he he wasn't particularly good here. Nine points with three threes, but played 30 minutes, and I'd expect 30 again from him tomorrow. I thought Sharich was also pretty good. 14 points in 15 minutes, but they are limiting his playing time. We do have to talk about Pig Williams, though, because he's shooting like 41% from three this season. Jay Lynn Williams, that is, from Arkansas. 15 and six, three threes, a steal. Jeremiah Robinson Earl remains out of the rotation. Pig Williams has kicked him out of the rotation. An opportunity for him to get an an interesting game going tomorrow. My worry is, is the inconsistency in playing time. It's getting more consistent for Pig, but will it stay that way? I don't mind him as a streamer. I'd prefer streaming Wiggins and Joe over Pig Williams, but he's in the mix for tomorrow. Really, really good performance from him again as they pull off another just win where you just don't expect it. Whether they can do it again tomorrow... We'll find out. The next game that we take a look at here is the second last game of the day. The Utah Jazz lose to the Mavericks, 120-116. There was no Sexton. There was also no Walker Kessler or Jordan Clarkson. So they started Olenek at center, 12-7 and with two steals. Not his best game, but still good for 12-team leagues. And in place of Kessler, they started Simone Fontecchio, who just cannot shoot in the NBA. Six points, two threes, 25%. He's like a 40% shooter in Europe. He's at about 30, if that. I don't, he might not even be at that. He's been bad, and we don't stream him. Agbaji got another start, shot 18% with six points. He is so far away from me from being a fantasy option. He's like a 16 to 18 team league guy and was dreadful here. While Horton Tucker had 21, six and four, two steals and a block. And I maintain that Horton Tucker is a guy to have while Sexton is out. And Chris Dunn is as well, 11, eight and five in 24 minutes. But you know, when you're getting nine extra minutes for Horton Tucker, which doesn't happen every game, He's the guy that I would lean to. He's also on their roster permanently, and he's going to have staying power when Sexton comes back that I don't think Dunn will have. Markkinen had 33-6 and six with five threes. I think there'll be some games off for Markkinen here down the stretch. He's had injury problems in the past, um, but he was good and playing here, which is awesome. Shout out to uh, Damian Jones, who played 23 minutes. And if Kessler is out, deeper leagues, you want to look at Damo there. Seven and six for him. He was ahead of Yudoka Azabuke. 
For the Mavericks, Irving had 33, 6, and 8. Doncic had 29, 10, and 6. Good numbers. But Timmy Hardaway actually putting together a strong run. So I'm always like, do I add Tim Hardaway? And if I say it, I know he's going to be bad. I know he's going to be bad if I say add him. But I think you've got to add him. 24, 4, and 4 with 7 threes. Well, we've got 31 minutes for some reason back for Justin Holiday. Well, the some reason is Reggie Bullock got injured. 31 minutes for Holiday, 11 points, 3 threes, 2 steals, 3 blocks. The 2 steals, 3 blocks, we love that. It's not reliable, but in deeper leagues, you can consider an add there. While the Crucifix, Christian Wood played 21 minutes, 7 points, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks. Um, all right. Should we do it? I think we have to. Get that garbage out! Like, what, what are we doing here? He's a 20-minute-a-night guy who hurts free throws that never gets assists, can have big usage occasionally. But is it actually worth... We're in the, the end of the fantasy season. There's no sign here that tells me that Wood is going to be playing big minutes again. None. So move on. Maxi Kleber first came back from this second absence. Five and seven in 26 minutes, while Powell played 19 minutes. Joshy Green, another start, but no, we are not adding him in 10 or 12 or 14. Maybe you consider 16 team leagues. He had seven points in those 27 minutes. Just watch the Bullock news. That might help Justin Holiday get a little bit of a boost. Maybe it helps Wood, but didn't help him here. Again, Bullock played eight minutes, under eight minutes, and Wood still played only 21. Wood maybe would have only played 18 or 19 had it not been for Reggie Bullock getting hurt. Let's do the last game of the night. The Lakers beat the Grizzlies 112-103. Good game from the cashier, Xavier T. Illman. 32 minutes, 11 and 10, four steals and a block. As long as Steve Adams remains out, and probably for one or two games when Adams returns, Tillman's a 12-teamer. Jaron had some foul trouble. He still played 31 minutes, had 26 and 8 with a steal and two blocks. But he had five fouls and carried them through the end of the game for a while. While we had Tyus Jones, not, nothing spectacular, but 16, 3 and 3 in 34 minutes, and he's a must-roster player. It was just a stinker from Des Bain. Seven points on 21%. He added five rebounds and five assists, but just a bad night. While Dylan Brooks continues to just be... Oh, just horrendous. Like, does anyone watch this, love watching this guy play? The worst bloke to watch play in the entire NBA. You do not need to roster him in 12-team leagues. He had foul trouble in this game, so he only played 27 minutes, which probably kept the Grizzlies closer, to be honest. If he had played more, they would have been worse. He had 13 points on 29%. He's shooting, I think, 36% for the season. He had one rebound and no steals. Just, on, just pull your head in. It's the most simple thing in the world, and the fact that he cannot ever adjust to it, I just wouldn't play him. I don't actually care about his defensive impact. I know he's always really good in the met offensive, uh, the defensive metrics and the advanced metrics. But the fact that he will not ever adjust, it's going to end his career at some point. Like, he just will not adjust. And it's infuriating. We've got 26 minutes from Santi Aldama, who had 11 and 5 with two threes. Um, good to see those minutes push up. It helped that Jaron was in foul trouble. But it wasn't just all Jaron in foul trouble. With the absence of Steven Adams, we saw Jaron play more at center. Now, when Adams comes back, it's probably going to limit Aldama from pushing into this playing time. So it's nice as a streamer for now, but that's probably about it. For the Lakers, Davis was ridiculous. 30 and 22 with two blocks. While Dennis Schroeder had 17, 6 and 9 in 35 minutes. Now, they don't play again until Friday. And D'Angelo Russell probably returns then. So I think they'll keep Russell and Schroeder starting together, but I'm not certain. We still roll with Schroeder for now and see what happens. Good game from Hachimura, 28 minutes, 17 and 6. Of course, no assists, no steals, no blocks. He required 64% shooting to get there, and that's your red flag to know that you don't add him in 12 or 14 team leagues. I think Austin Reeves can be added, though. 17, 4 and 7. He'll probably lose a little bit when D'Angelo returns, but he's putting up strong numbers, and we just roll with him for now. Although, again, the two-day game, two two-day ga two gap with no games is a little bit annoying. 
Malik Beasley, five points, 22 minutes. He's hit or miss. Is he must roster? He's close to it, but he's a hit or miss points and threes streamer. And Jared Vanderbilt, we see again his limitations. 24 minutes, five points, eight rebounds. He is the same guy. doesn't matter who is out. Rebounds, some steals, and some good field goal percentage usually, although he's at 40% here. He doesn't ramp up. He didn't play well here. He's not your fantasy savior at all. He's just a fine guy to have at the back end of a roster. Troy Brown was all right, 13-4-2 with three threes. He's at least streamable, except I think he is going to lose that starting spot when D'Angelo returns, which would limit his overall value. Winyan Gabriel had the backup minutes there with Mo Bumber out, and Lonnie Walker has six points in 16 minutes. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous goes to Joel Embiid. Your waiver wire line of the night, despite only 21 minutes, is Mo Wagner. Your young gun of the night is Josh Giddy, and the dud of the night is Kevon Looney. Top 10 players in category leagues. Number one was Embiid, followed by Steph, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, Josh Giddy, Tyrese Maxey, Chris Middleton, Mikael Bridges, Brad Beal, and Brooke Lopez. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Mo Wagner at one. If Wendell's out, yes. Javon Carter, I think that's just a Drew Holiday situation. I wouldn't be too interested there. Johnny Kaminga, I am a little bit interested. Started with Looney back or with Looney off the bench. And when Wiggins comes back, that'll hurt. But he's at least interesting. Jay Crowder, no. Justin Holiday, deeper leagues maybe with Bullock out and they play tomorrow. Royce O'Neal, the minutes up was interesting. I'm not ready to look at him as a 12-teamer. Joe Ingles, eh, Streamble, Rudy Gay, no. Cole Anthony, maybe. With Harris out, Anthony's value is up at the moment. So he's not a bad streamer, but there's always going to be ups and downs with him. And then Pig Williams, who I do think is worth a stream, especially for tomorrow. Top 10 players in points leagues today. Number one was Embiid, followed by Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Bradley Beal, Josh Giddy, Steph Curry, Larry Markin, and Nick Claxton. And coming in at number 10 was Jaden Ivey. And that'll do it for me today, guys. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.